Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of the Sacktown Royalty Show. I am your host, Tony Zipteris, and joining me on the podcast today from Sacktown Royalty, Tim Maxwell. Tim, it's been a crazy 24 hours in Kingsland. The Kings have fired head coach Dave Yeager. How are you? Uh, shocked, surprised, unsurprised. I've got about a thousand emotions running at once. Definitely an interesting 24 to 48 hours for Kings fans, media writers, really everyone. Yeah, it really started last night with, um, you know, the Kings on the verge of their 40th win on the season. And, and 40 is kind of, um, I don't know, it's an important number because it looks good. Is, is it that much more important than 39 wins? Probably not. Uh, but the Kings, you know, they had that 40th win in their hands. And then Dave Yeager made the decision to rest his starters in the second half. Uh, the Kings blew that game to a Portland Trailblazers team that was playing the bottom six guys in their rotation. They weren't even trying to win. Um, and the Kings bench just couldn't uh, hold that 20-plus point lead the starters, um, the starters built. Do you think that game had anything to do with the decision today? It's, it's weird timing. And like you, I'm kind of all over the place in my head of what to think, what not to think. But at the same time, if the Kings had 40 wins today it'd look even worse that they fired Dave Yeager in some ways. Yeah, I, I hope it didn't have anything to do with the decision. You never really know with the Kings what exactly influences them to make certain decisions. Sometimes things seem very structured and sometimes decisions seem very random. I mean, if the Kings had blown out the Blazers, let's just say by 20 points, right, um, and they, they hit that 41 mark, I think the attitude today would have been, I think Dave Yeager still would have been fired, and they would have said, yeah, we blew them out, but they didn't play any of their good players anyway, so that win means nothing. Um, and I think, too, you know, there's there's been some consternation among the fan base last night about the game and resting the starters in the second half, not playing them, um, even when the lead evaporated. But imagine what the attitude towards Yeager would be if De'Aaron Fox, you know, blew out his ACL while playing in a 20-point blowout in the second half of the final game of the season. That doesn't matter. So I don't really believe last night's result had anything to do with it. Um, I know um, here at the Sacktown Royalty Crew, we, we've heard whispers of Jaeger's impending doom um, almost from the start of the season, mm -hmm. and those just grew louder throughout the season until obviously today uh, when Vladi Tivak made that decision. So I guess I'll just ask it to you straight then. I mean, are you on board with this move? Do you think firing Dave Vega at this point uh, was the correct call for the Kings moving forward? No, uh, no, I, I was against it when the, when the rumor started, I'm against it now. Um, at the beginning of the season, you know, last year, I, I read an article that talked about um, Yeager's offensive system and how, how poorly planned it was around Ian Fox. And then he showed um, he absolutely turned that around and, and instituted a new offensive system that seemed to, to fit Fox. And there are legitimate criti uh, criticisms of Yeager. It's not like he's the perfect coach. And I don't even know if he's a top tier coach. He's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, doesn't really help you a ton on the court but he's he's really developed these players we've seen massive amounts of growth the kings have won 12 more games than last season um i tweeted out a couple of graphs you know they're at their highest win percentage their best rating their best league finish since the playoff drought started so similar to um Vladi Divac, uh where he received his his four-year extension um yesterday or today and he was given that trust because of what he built it felt like the same um, honor the same trust should have been granted to Jaeger moving forward because we've seen the growth. It doesn't mean the decision is terrible or that it won't work out. It's just a very high risk and for a hopeful high reward. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, I should also mention here, uh, like you said, they, you know, at the same time, it seems um, they did give Vlade Divac a four-year contract extension. 
And Dave Yeager wasn't the only member of the front office and the organization over there that they did, that they did let go. Uh, assistant GM Brandon Williams was also fired, which I don't, I don't think too many people um, have an issue with that because, you know, at least from my perspective, Brandon Williams should have been fired several months ago when the original uh, Chris Haynes Yahoo report leaked where uh, it was revealed that the Kings were trying or not trying to fire Dave Yeager back then, um, if you believe, you know, the source there. And, of course, we later found out that Brandon Williams was seen talking to Chris Haynes, like, at tip-off the day before. That report came out, which made it pretty evident that he was the source of the Yahoo piece. And the Kings also parted ways with Director of Media Relations Chris Clark, who had been with the organization for a really long time. So it sounds like Vlade Divac just got his four-year contract extension and sort of cleaned house and is preparing for a, a new era of the Kings in both their front office and coaching staff. It's interesting that uh, several members of the media, and I don't remember who's tweeted exactly what, so I'll just attribute it to the national media, um, have talked about consolidation of power when, they, when they've um, announced these moves. And that's an interesting uh, term to use for Vlade. I mean, obviously Williams uh, clashed with Jaeger, but Jaeger didn't really have any front office uh, powers as far as we know. And so it'll be interesting to see. We've seen uh, Vlade hire a lot of his known associates, right? Obviously, Peja is, you know, his assistant GM. He's one of his most trusted confidants. So one of the things we heard about Vlade early on was that he wasn't really savvy in the technical aspects of the front office world with contracts and, and stretch provisions and, and the CBA and all of those things. So is he going to bring in another uh, experienced front office exec- executive like Williams, or is he just going to keep his circle small and tight and, and see where he grows from there. I think that's going to be an interesting thing moving forward into summer beyond just the coaching search, but also is, is that front office vacancy going to be filled? I would assume it has to be, or at least that would be my hope. I mean, I, I think Vlade has made strides in his um, GM abilities over the years. He got off to a really rocky start. And what's kind of ironic is a big reason why the narrative around Vlade had started to turn was because of the job Dave Yeager and his coaching staff has done developing the players that he's drafted and, you know, the 39 wins this season. Vlade's legacy as a, as a general manager has been greatly improved by uh, the guy he just fired's job, uh, the job that he did this season. We do have some early candidates for the coaching vacancy that have already come out. Uh, Atore Messina, Monty Williams, Luke Walton are the three names that are being uh, talked about out there right now. Sam Amick. Uh, specifically mentioned that Messina wants the job, which is worth noting here because back when the Kings originally hired Dave Yeager in uh, 2016, the Kings had wanted to injure Messina and he wasn't interested. Monty Williams, um, Woj said, was a prime target for the Kings. And then Luke Walton, Sam Amick said, was the front runner. So you got, you got three guys there with uh, pretty decent track records as head coaches and all seemingly interested in the Kings job. I guess first I'll ask you, how do you feel about that that three-man early coaching wish list? And then also just the stance the Kings are in now as a team looking for a head coach versus the position they were in in 2016 when Dave Yeager sort of fell into the into their lap where it seemed like nobody really wanted to interview for this position. Yeah, we're, we're in a much better position. Uh, back in 2016, we still had Boogie on the roster. And as much as, much as I love Boogie, He's a difficult person to coach, and the Kings don't really seem to have any difficult personalities on the roster. Um, the Kings had gone through a, a cycle of, of three coaches in a very short time. Uh, the front office was in disarray. The team was in disarray, which some of those things still may be occurring behind the scenes. They're just not as upfront and obvious um, to potential coaching candidates. 
and then the roster is, is just simply better. I mean, Fox is only going to get better. Heald is going to get better. Bagley is only going to get better. Giles is only going to get better. So this this team is young enough and good enough where a coach, um, whether it's a Walton or a Williams or a Messina, can take this group of guys and mold them into their uh, perfect picture of a team because these guys don't have the experience to to kind of buck against what a new head coach uh, may bring to the table. So I think we're in a much better position. Now, will we actually get these guys to come interview and accept the position? I think that's something we're all being a little presumptive about, but um, I, th- I think we're in a much better position and we will get the interviews we're seeking. Yeah, it certainly sounds good, at least right now, you know, just hours after the Dave Yeager news came came out. But, you know, there always is the worry there that, is do these head coaches because the head coaching fraternity is very strong i know if you listen to any game on espn that uh jeff van gundy is on the call he spends at least you know 20 minutes of the game uh talking about how great both head coaches are anytime there's a head coach firing jeff van gundy and all the other coaches will get either on twitter or on espn or somewhere and talk about how you know how unfair it was that the coach got fired and this dave yeager firing is about as unfair as it gets when you talk about you know simply what the guy did this season versus how he was treated when the season was over. Um, so it does raise legitimate concerns on, you know, our guys like Messina and Williams, for example, two guys that uh, have come up under the Greg Popovich coaching tree. Is Popovich going to endorse those guys interviewing with Sacramento when Popovich was here in Sacramento just this year talking about how Dave Yeager was a, a coach of the year candidate? I just, you know, I, I get worried that too many bridges have been burned here, but um I guess to the Kings' credit, they're they're confident enough in their ability to find somebody better that they were uh, they were okay dismissing Dave Yeager today. And, and there, the other worry, um, and that's a that's a great point, is there's going to be other head coaching vacancies, right? It's not mm-hmm. like the Kings are the only game in town. So sure, we might let's just say Luke Walton is the number one target. We believe he's the guy to take us to the next level. Well, there's going to be three to five six, seven other head coaching vacancies this summer. And while a, another team may or may not have a roster as good as the Kings, maybe they offer more money, a longer-term deal. The front office is set up better. Luke Walton has previous connections with his playing career and, and coaching career. So um, these are great targets, um, Lucina being my, my, my definite favorite. But that doesn't mean that these guys won't get better offers, longer-term offers, better teams. So um, the fear is that you fire Dave Yeager, He's gone, even though he did really well. You pursue what the front office to be, believes to be an upgrade, and those upgrades vanish. <clears throat> and all of a sudden now you're looking at uh, a Vinny Del Negro or a Mark Jackson or one of these guys that, man, I just don't want anything to do with. Yeah, and it puts the Kings in a in a very awkward position because if Vlade doesn't follow through on this, if he doesn't bring in a Messino or a Williams or a Walton or someone better or on that level, or even, you know, I think Kings fans as a whole would be accepting of uh, a younger, unproven coach that hasn't had a chance yet. I think, you know, Jay Wright is a pipe dream scenario, but even someone like Jay Laranega, an assistant in Boston who has interviewed for um, several head coaching openings. uh, I think people will accept a name like that, but if you start digging into the retreads, the guys like Vinny Del Negro or Mike Brown or even Mike Woodson, who they almost hired back when they hired Dave Yeager, I think that's where you fall into a scenario where things can go really, really south here. And with Vlade Divac signing a fresh four-year extension, it would be hard to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel there. If Vlade fires the guy who did a pretty good job here in Dave Yeager, not perfect, but pretty good, then hires an old retread and the Kings stumble out of the gate or or don't hit in free agency because this puts a ton of pressure on the Kings to hit in free agency now too because 
You know, what you're saying here, it actually reminds me a lot of when they drafted uh, Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic, where the kings of all organizations are coming out and saying that they're going to be right when everyone else is wrong. Like, you're seeing the reaction today on social media. Every prominent, I shouldn't say every, but a large majority of prominent NBA writers out there are kind of doing the whole, you know, what are the kings doing? Dave Yeager was doing such a great job here. So Vlade Divac is really taking another another gamble on himself and his decision uh, against conventional wisdom like he did when he drafted Marvin Bagley in June. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about this a little bit before we started the pod. The Kings have to make the playoffs next year. I mean, that's that's their bar they've set for themselves. They finished ninth in the West, um, pretty decently far outside of the playoff picture, but they mm-hmm. were in the race for a long time, and they've said, okay, we're upgrading. Okay, so the upgrade from ninth is eighth or better, so you have to make the playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, if they don't hit you know, what, 46, 47, 48 wins next year, which is a lot to ask of a team that won uh, 27 games just a year ago, uh, then then that decision looks really bad. And now what we're forced to do as Kings fans, unfortunately, is once again, again, this is worst case scenario, we're once again forced to play the what-if game, just like we do with Mike Malone every other week, where what if the Kings had kept him alone? Where would we be today? Would Bogey still be on the team? Would we be in the playoffs? And, and Hopefully we don't have to enter that scenario, but there is a chance that if the next coaching hire doesn't work out, you know, we're hitting year 16, 17, 18 of the playoff drought. And I know we've all, we've talked about this before uh, today as well, but, you know, regression was always a possibility for this team. Uh, not only, you know, some of the younger players crashing a little bit back down to earth, like we saw with guys like Jason Tatum or Donovan Mitchell this year, you know, just because a young player looks like they're on an upward trajectory right now doesn't mean they're always going to stay on that trajectory. And then there's teams below them in the Western Conference that could easily leapfrog them uh, this summer. Just off the top of my head, the Dallas Mavericks are getting, you know, Porzingis back. They'll have Doncic a year older. They'll have cap space this summer. But this puts the pressure on, like like you said, this puts the pressure on the Kings where they don't have room to regress. And that pressure can be exciting for Kings fans because you, you go into this summer and this free agency expecting them to make a big splash. I know... Uh, Nikola Vucevic has been a name we've talked about for the last several weeks because certain Kings insiders have floated that name out there. But this this really puts the pressure on where they can't afford a step back. Right, and and like you said, that can be exciting. And if they make the right moves, then hey, we're all good. And I'll say, you know what? Good for Vladi, he made the right call. Um, and then, like you said, that pressure can also lead to very poor decisions where like you mentioned, we've been we've been linked to Vucevic, and he's a really good player, and he might fit well with the team. But if you max him out of a mild sense of desperation because you need to be good next year, and then he doesn't fit with Bagley or doesn't perform at the same level as he has for literally one year of his career, um, again, now we're trapped with uh, a GM locked up long term who made a bad decision, a coach who may or may not fit, and uh, a max a max player who isn't earning his dollars. And again, these are all worst-case scenarios. Best-case scenario, you go out, you sign Vooch or another maximum free agent or another um, several another large group of free agents. Maybe they're not maximum and they all work well. So there's a lot of a lot of room for maneuverability here. But like you said, uh, Vladi took the, took the net out from under himself a little bit by, by making this call. He's saying, we're going to win. We're going to win now. And I'm sticking my, rec- my reputation on this moving forward. Um, I, I said it a little bit today that he used up all of the trust he built up over the past year today. So it's all gone. Okay, we're, we're trusting you with this one decision. If you make the next right call, you'll build that trust back up. But if you make the wrong call, 
um, or in trouble for for a long period of time moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they're very, very clearly saying we can do better than 39 wins. We can do better than Dave Yeager. And Vlade has a fresh new four-year contract extension to prove it. So I guess I guess we'll see on that front. I should also mention that we're recording this podcast before Vlade Divac speaks to the media. He's supposed to do that at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So I, I look forward to all of this being irrelevant in a few hours. Um, I am going to close down the podcast in a minute, but I want to ask you before we leave, what is your um, best-case scenario for how this plays out this summer for the Kings? So best-case scenario, my favorite coaching candidate, I think it's probably the majority of Kings fans' coaching favorites is uh, bring in Messina. Um, if he's interested in the job and you interview him and his strategy and his uh, philosophy moving forward makes sense for the team, you hire him that day. I don't care if you interview anyone else. I know that's irresponsible. But this guy, he's won four EuroLeague championships. He's been with Pop since 2014. When Pop is out for whatever reason, Messina takes over as head coach. That's how much Pop trusts him. So um, he's my favorite. If you hire him, you go into the summer. I'm, I'm not a fan of maxing uh, Vucevic. Um, so let's just say we hire, we hire, we assign several quality defensive minded three point shooting candidates. You know, you go get a Patrick Beverly and a, a Brooke Lopez or a Miritich or a Deadman, um, and you just stock the team. And then you see Messina grow Bagley and you see him play him 32, 36 minutes a game. You see Fox get 36, 38 minutes a game. And you see these young players continue to progress. I mean, in the best case scenario, the Kings are probably a six seed next year. I think that's that's a pretty high bar to meet, but I think it's possible. Um, I don't know if you feel the same about the coaching candidate and the offseason targets, but it would be my my dream scenario, best case scenario. I would be pretty comfortable with any of the names on that early coaching list, whether it's Walton or Messina or Williams. At least all three of those guys I can kind of talk myself into which is a great improvement over some of the coaching candidate lists we've seen out of the Kings um, when they've had openings in the past. Messina would probably be my favorite just because he has the best resume he's done the most as a professional head coach. Seeing what an offensive wizard like Messina could do with this roster is obviously very, very exciting. As far as free agent targets this summer goes, I think the Kings might be better off splitting up whatever max money they would give to Vucevic and try and get, you know, one, two, or three really, really nice role players to add to the young core. I'd prefer someone like Nikola Mirotic or Brooke Lopez over Vucevic. Obviously, they're not as good as Vucevic, but I think they both shoot the three with a lot more volume and could provide the Kings with someone in their front court that they can start now, but don't feel like they need to start for four years um, like they would have to do with Vucevic when you've got a guy like Harry Giles who looks so promising, kind of waiting for his opportunity. I would hate to go out and sign Vucevic and then have, you know, squander Harry Giles' potential, where I think if you go get someone like Brook Lopez or someone like Nikola Mirotic, you can easily move those guys to the bench in this scenario where uh, Harry Giles turns into the player we all think he can be. And then that extra money you get to save by not splurging it all on Vucevic, you can go out and get somebody like Patrick Beverly, a backup point guard that can help Bogdan Bogdanovich run the bench unit because I don't think Yogi Ferrell really gave them the kind of creation they needed off the bench. It put a lot of pressure on Bogdanovich to both score and create for the bench unit. And I don't think he, you know, he, he didn't handle that workload well. So getting him some real help off the bench like a Patrick Beverly would be huge. Obviously the Kings need to add defensive players. So Patrick Beverly helps in that regard as well. But a, a strong focus on getting two or three 
really, really high caliber role players that fit what the Kings need. Those things being shooting in the front court and defense everywhere else and playmaking um, in the backcourt on the bench. That would be kind of my strategy heading into the summer. And, you know, less so interested in blowing it all on one player like Nikola Vucevic. I'd take Vucevic. I'm not saying outright, you know, no, don't sign him. But my path to getting this team back into the playoffs is not just spending it all on Vucevic. It's kind of spreading that money around and plugging in a few different holes the Kings have while letting the young players that are already here and established kind of, you know, taking their games to the next level with those role players helping out. And I think that more or less covers the crazy news today, at least for now. Tim, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work on the internet? Sure. Uh, I'm known as a Sacktown Baby Giraffe. It's at Tim Maxwell 22 We're at Sacktown Baby Giraffe. Uh, you can follow me there. I will have lots of wonderful food takes, and I'm occasionally wrong about basketball, but never about food or drink. All right, thank you for joining me on this uh, emergency episode of the Sacktown Royalty Show. Uh, my brain is spitting, a lot to process, but I appreciate you helping me talk it out. Yep, thanks for having me on. See you, Tim. <laughs>